Today I'm rebroadcasting a conversation I had with Alexis Bonneville on his podcast about giving feedback. This conversation took place back in January, and at the time I didn't realize that I had helped create the first chapter of a new book that he and Michael Doyle were working on. That book is called I Am a Software Engineer and I Am in Charge, and I highly recommend it. Another dimension to this conversation that Alexis and I have that we don't refer to is that I was originally going to be one of the authors of this book. So it's a little ironic that I actually helped write the first chapter without realizing it, but you'll see that later. Michael Doyle, who you may have heard on some earlier episodes, collaborated with me and Alexis to update the second edition of his book called Changing Your Team from the Inside. And then based on how positive that experience had been, Alexis suggested that the three of us write a book together, and he introduced that idea by mocking up a book cover with a title, our names on it, sending it to us and saying, hey, what do you think? Should we write this book? And it just seemed like such a no-brainer. Like, wow, you know, the whole, well, one of the, the quote, paths or formulas to, you know, building a business is becoming a published author. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is too good to be true. Look at that. Yes, who would not want that? Let's have a meeting. Let's do it. So we had that meeting. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of those meetings where everything in the moment feels great. There's flow, there's excitement, there's here's what we can do, here's how it can work. And yet there's this haunting feeling that you're missing something, but you can't articulate it in the moment. Well, that's what was going on for me at this meeting. Um, we met, we had the meeting, we actually recorded the meeting so that we could uh, use everything we discussed in the meeting to to take our next steps and, and start laying things out. And yet, it was also a great moment of growth for me because at the time I was uh, in ACS and in ACS you have a peer coach where you're practicing your coaching and going back and forth. And anyway, it just so happened that I had a session that night. And so I took this topic to that meeting to say, something doesn't feel right about this and I can't figure out what it is. So through that conversation and sitting with it for another day or two, I came to the conclusion that the only reason I wanted to write this book was my ego, that the ego slash, you know, this will be a great investment in the future. And I realized that that wasn't compelling enough, that that was not going to be a compelling enough reason to sit down and actually write the words and go to all the meetings and do everything that was going to be involved to create this book, which I just had the sense, I think it's going to take a lot longer than we think it's going to take. But regardless, I don't think that I should be a part of it. That was a really hard decision to come to. The moment of growth was that instead of just going along with it because it, quote, made sense or would have a possibly positive outcome, like a when I say possibly positive outcome, it was. It, I'm sure it would have had a great outcome, but it would it would have been one of those things where you know I I was doing it to follow the formula of what you're supposed to do to build your business and move forward versus what I really wanted to do and where my heart was. The other thing that was dawning on me during this time too was when would I find any of this time to actually do the work, which is doubly hard when you're not even sure you want to do the actual underlying work. So 
the growth here for me was sitting with it for a day or two and then going back to them to just say, you know what, I'm out. I can't participate in this project. And so the result of that was, I suppose, some of the learnings from this conversation I have with Alexis and a few other things that I'll share here. Am I disappointed that my name isn't on the book? Yes. Do I wish I'd helped write it? Not at all. (laughs) As I look backwards now on that time period when they were writing the book, I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, I think somewhere in there I was on my road trip for a month. Uh, Any number of other things were going on that I just would not... Yeah, it it was just the right decision in, in hindsight helps to confirm that. And while I haven't done an in-depth reading of the book, I have gone through the whole thing and I love what they created. I'll never really know for sure, but I truly believe that my input and perspectives would have taken the book in a different direction. Like I just I just believe that. Would that direction have been better or worse? Oh, who knows? It doesn't matter. Um But what I love is what they created. It contains so many good things that I believe in, so many tools that I love, concepts that drive the way that I live my life and approach things. So if you are a software engineer and you're sitting there thinking that things would be way better if everyone else would just do things differently, (laughs) this might be a great book to start with. So to wrap this up and get into the conversation, Michael and Alexi sent me an early draft of something they were throwing around for what the book could be. And I gave some very direct <laughs> and initially not, well, I gave some direct feedback that probably could have been delivered better. And it was not initially very well received and I didn't even know that. So <laughs> this conversation has some fun twists and unexpected turns. And that's kind of the backstory on how I ended up helping to write a book that I didn't know that I was writing. And all the things that we, we, me and Alexis, and I'm sure Michael learned something too, because he's always learning uh, what we learned from it. So here we go. Today, I have the, the great pleasure to welcome John Polstra. Um, uh, maybe before I go further, that. John, can you can you introduce yourself, please? Oh, I'm John Polstra. I am a life business leadership coach. Uh, you and I met at Red Hat a few years ago, and you ha- I had you on my podcast, and we talked about your book, and we've kind of been in touch ever since in a variety of contexts, and we always discover something interesting together. So I have no idea what we're going to discover today, but I know it'll be good. Uh, this is really cool. So, yeah, and, I, and you, you're, you're, you're so modest that you're not saying that you already helped me uh, with the second version of the book, Changing Your Team from the Inside, and with, with Michael Doyle. And, um, and that was really a fantastic experience. The three of us working together, uh, me in Boston, you in uh, Portland, Oregon, and, uh, and Michael in Brisbane, Australia, which was uh, quite a, an interesting distributed team to work on something. And yeah, the, our course was we are so satisfying that uh, with uh, 
with Michael, we got that crazy idea to say, oh, we will, we will, we will, we will write a book. That's that writing a book is so cool. Dad, let's do that. And, um, and, uh, something I remember vividly, and I've used it in several conferences now is so after, after working on the book, we, we wrote a few paragraphs of uh, introduction for the book. And, uh, and we say, oh, wow, what, what John would think about that? <laughs> and I wrote, wrote an email, that's it, with just the title, trying to be catchy, uh, saying, oh, are you interested? And, um, and with, the, with a few paragraphs of the book saying, okay, are you interested in reading the rest? Uh, meaning, what do you think? And uh, yeah, tell us it's good. We, we need some feel good, feel good feedback. And I remember vividly when I opened uh, the email, that, uh, the, the answer that you sent, and in all caps, it was written, not compelling. And I think at that time, my mind boiled. <laughs> I was, not able, to, <laughs> was not able to think anymore. And in, in brackets, just after that, I said, oh, by the way, I'm practicing a new level of directness in my personal and professional life. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and, and I think I went crazy directly. And I elsewhere directly on all that. And, uh, but of course, after that line, there was, there was a lot more. And that's, that was the third part. And, and Michael C., all the quality of the feedback that you have behind. And after a few minutes of uh, thinking about it, I, I was able to see that there was a lot of good feedback after that first line. Um, but yeah, do, do you remember that, that, that episode? Like? I do. And it was a, it was a, what was funny about it was, and I don't know what state you wrote your reply in, but I think you wrote back and you said, so it was some. It was kind of ironic, and it was also kind of informing. You said you said something to the effect of, "I, I shouldn't have needed to put that other part of like I'm practicing directness. I should have just been it." And then I think what evolved from a kind of a short email exchange was the idea of, "Yeah, it was direct. It was maybe." the hammer came out too soon and it would have been more helpful to have acknowledged or there, there could have been a little more grace to my directness. <laughs> so that's, what, that's what I, that's what I took away from it. But, and, but, and I don't know, since then I've also thought more about it. And I'm, by the way, I, this was months ago and I have not gone back to my, to our exchange. Cause I kind of wanted to come at this cold for some reason. Um, uh, so I'm curious where you want to go with this, but I have kind of a love-hate relationship with the often taught crap sandwich, you know? Yeah. You tell someone something nice, then you tell them the really bad news, and then you tell them something nice so that the last thing they have in their mind is that you told them something nice. So those are all the thoughts in my head that, that I have about this, but I'm take me wherever you want to go. Yeah, that's, it, it's, it's exactly something about feedback that I realized at that time. So, and the good thing is we are separated by a, by a, a lot of a lot of the time zone. We had a lot of time zone difference. So, I was able to answer our first email really uh, in a way saying, "Oh yeah, I don't think it will work." And uh, do you think it's direct enough? And poof, that was the end of my email. It was my first response. I guess that was uh, under uh, quite a lot of anger. And, uh, I'm and sorry. I, just, I had no idea. 
No, it's no, a, I want to own that though. Call. I'm all about owning everything. So if <laughs> I made you angry, I apologize. I did not know. <laughs> and after that, I, I discussed that with my wife. And I told I told her the story, and of course, I wanted her to to side with me and on that. And she looked at me and said, "Okay, so you're asking for feedback." <laughs> and, but I understand that person gives you a really good feedback that will be really helpful for you. I've said yes. And so the only thing that you are doing is slapping him in the face, and that's all. Okay, interesting. I know what I will do if you ask me for some feedback. I will run away immediately. I said, uh, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe I overreacted a little bit. I said, oh, maybe, maybe it's an ego problem. I guess. It's, I, I, if I remember well, you discussed ego uh, in the podcast you did with John a long time ago, right? Oh, busted. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's where we are. And then I, I, I wrote an, another email with what you said, where I give you more context of how I felt about that, saying, oh, I think if you're direct, but you, you feel the need to justify yourself, maybe it's it's not so good. Mm. And maybe you, you could have started more slow, softly, say, oh, yeah, well, thank you for asking. Uh, and here is my feedback. And with exactly the same content. And, and I, I bet it would have been better. But that was really funny to, to, to see the, the roller coaster on, on which I went. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe finally that idea of providing feedback and being direct when you provide feedback that will challenge people, I love that idea. I'm doing it. And when I'm on the other end, it seems that sometimes I have some trouble to receive it. <laughs> mm. Well, it's so funny that you, because I don't remember the all caps, but as you, as you play it back like that, I'm like, man, why did I do that? That, uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> unnecessary, unnecessary directness with the all caps. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? Uh, uh, I just searched for the email in my mailbox, and I remember vividly it was all caps. And I, I just opened the email now, and it's not all caps. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. Oh, there's so many layers to this. No, because this is so big. Like, I cannot tell you how much of my work with people. Like, I, I say I'm a coach, but I also like to say I help in unnecessary suffering. Like the stories that we tell ourselves that we then like cause our own suffering. It's like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the, 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 the funny part is you sent the email. Michael received the email first uh, because he was awake before, of course, based in Australia. And, and he said, just thank you. This is really helpful. But I th- I, I saw that elsewhere, but I still went into crazy mode uh, before being able to talk with, with my wife and, and calm down and say, oh, I'm totally crazy. What, what, I have, what have I done? Well, what I think is fascinating about this is that it was learning for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, of, of course, I guess it, it requires that, that level of, of, of relationship we built over time. Uh, to be able to have that crazy exchange and say, yeah, we have, <laughs> that's not really a problem. <laughs> but it's still a learning experience. Yes. Yeah. So how have you used it in your talks and what, 
What's the message that you've extracted from it? Yeah. But uh, the way we used it, uh, we did a we did a few uh, keynotes with my, my wife in, uh, in for, for agile conferences, and um, the agile manifesto. Uh, one of the first uh, uh, value, in a way, of the agile manifesto is uh, around the uh, interactions between people. So, saying that interactions between people have more value than processes and tools, and so we said, oh, yeah, that's a that's really a good thing. So let's discuss let's discuss the interaction of, uh, uh, between people. And uh, I, I've said, oh yeah, without how we would frame that, we can have a, a three act play, and each act will be an example. And then after each play, we will have debrief, and we will uh, we will be the we will be the actor for the play, and we will do the debrief after. She was not really uh, happy with the idea, but she said, hey, okay, let's do it. Let's try, and we will see. And uh, in fact, it worked really well. And after that, we needed to find examples. And um, and the first example that came to my mind was this one. And um, people uh, people laughed at me already, already well. And of course, I did not say it was, uh, it was me in the play. I said uh, it was an example. <laughs> Yeah. You, you, so your ego was still involved. <laughs> Do you think so? <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the, the learning I had on that set was okay. Focus on focus on the content. Uh, maybe don't focus on how it's uh, how it's uh, the content is is brought to you. And I know it's hard, but if if you feel a sudden, uh, the the emotion is a signal. So if if you feel it, maybe you don't want to react right away, and and, and do something else to calm down. And after that, let's let's focus on on the content and not on how it's uh, how you received it. And if you are able to to dissociate the two, you will you will see the value and you will get the value. And yes, that's uh, that was basically the idea of that. What do you think? What well, raises something that I'm like kind of constantly grappling with. So I've got this whole thing around total ownership, like total personal ownership. I'm also, a lot of the reading and stuff I'm kind of immersing myself in these days says that, you know, we create our own experiences. And we create our own experiences through our thoughts. Like what we think about a particular situation is the experience that we create for ourselves. And yet, so if like if you hold that perspective, then it's like, well, anybody can say anything. It's totally up to me. And I'm, and I'm torn because why should John send Alexi to an angry place if John doesn't need to do that? That's um, in other words, I'm I'm contributing unproductiveness into the world. Now, at the same time, I would also say you're responsible for your reaction and your response. So it's a I guess it's kind of a both and thing. That's what that's what's coming to my mind. Yeah, and it, it, this is, this is the, the the really interesting thing is I, I really appreciate the the way you are bringing that. You, you, could, you could just tell me, hey, or uh, that you're you're in charge of your own reaction. So deal with it. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, all. yeah. But it's a both and thing. I think. And that's that was the the, the really interesting part. That was okay. I reacted like this in that context, and I know that in a lot of other contexts, 
that's I I don't I don't do that. I'm able to get over that the, the way the, the feedback is delivered and I, I focus on the content. I don't exactly know why at that particular time I was not able to do that, but it happened. It's not you, it's not John. Uh, it's about me that reacted this way at that moment. And at the same time, I want to say, no, John's willing to say that it was him and apologize like I did. So yeah. that's where I think it's, um, yeah, there's there's two sides to it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that made me realize that sometimes because I want to to catch the attention of people, uh, want them to listen to me carefully, I want I will be really provocative in the way I will uh, I will engage, and and maybe it's totally unnecessary. So maybe I just need to say what I need to say and uh, don't try to to play a role. Uh, and and that that made me think about the way I interact with people when I try to to get their attention. And uh, not saying I'm not doing it anymore. It's not completely true, but. Uh, I'm trying to soften my tone uh, more often because of that. Saying, okay, maybe I want the people to to be comfortable, uh, to be not not to push them into into an, emo- an emotional reaction when I want to say them tell them something that I want them to listen with their with their mind and not with their <laughs> not with their emotion. Two things come to mind. One is, and I think you kind of set it up at the beginning. Or, or I guess so I got a theory. It's our expectations. Like when our expectations are not met, depending on what the situation is, it and I had several of these happen to my yesterday. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be this clear, kind of open, kind of I know exactly what's going to happen today, and it was the complete opposite. And I got really frustrated and angry about it. So I wonder if that's part of it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's that brings us to to nonviolent communication in a way. Uh, Marshall Rosenberg uh, yes. was saying that in the theater election, it's unmet needs. So if the, the problem is basically unmet needs, and you you went to that really really nicely with expectations, unmet expectations that's connected to your needs, and then that will not go well. So if we are able to take a step back and observe that, how we react. I think we can we can already make progress. Well, in that and in the nonviolent communication context, it's you're responsible for your needs and making requests yeah. to the other person to see that they could help you meet your need, and they are not responsible for meeting your need. You may need to get that need met somewhere else. Absolutely, but I think is it is interesting but when I interact with people. I, I'm in the, the software engineering world, so uh, there's there's a lot of jokes about software engineers, uh, but they are human beings too, you know. That uh, that not necessarily uh, uh, great with soft skills, and and I think um, I, I I lost my I lost my train of thought on, on that one. Do you want me to take a guess at it? Yeah, please. Well, my experience was they kind of get a free pass. Oh, they're, you know, they write amazing code, but they're really rough around the edges, and we just kind of, like, put up with it because they write really good code, but when it comes to giving feedback, 
they tend to play the John card more often than not. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we tell people that they need to deal with that and, and to, to work on that. And sometimes when we are, you are remote from the conversation that is going on, either in, in review comments or even in person, you try to say, okay, you're both adults, how deal with it? And, and I think that's where, that's where we, we ignore the, the emotional uh, state of the people. And what is really rational, and looking at something rational, but triggering the others in that emotional reaction, you cannot really expect that it will work perfectly well. And then you, we need to rebuild that, that relationship. Uh, and well, and I would argue there is no relationship if it's all one person's way. So if, if the setup is just deal with it, that's the way that person is, there's no relationship. True. In other words, you and I are in relationship. We're giving and we're taking and we're trying to meet the other person's needs as much as we can. And maybe I failed a little bit. Maybe you had different expect. Like, there's a relationship. There's a dance between the two people. So I guess what I'm just coming to my mind is you can't have a relationship with one person. Well, I guess you, no, I take that back. You can have a relationship with yourself, but I don't know that I've ever seen a really good relationship with someone where it's all on one party's terms. Absolutely. And I, I love, love that idea of it's a dance between two people because you don't, you don't really know the need. You can guess, uh, you can try to meet their needs. Uh, but if there's no request, if there's no, uh, feedback on, okay, what I need, the explanation of what I need, expression of that request, uh, that dance cannot happen. So we, well, that's, that's really it. That's really that, I think. Well, and it's part of, so we revised your book, and then we did another podcast conversation with the three of us about distributed teams. And one of the fascinating things in that conversation, I thought, was the importance of creating agreements, so I'm going somewhere here. Hopefully it'll all connect. So in in that context of remote teams, you we talked about the importance of forming agreements with people. And in the same way, like in a coaching relationship with someone, I will form an agreement at the beginning of it to say, do I have your permission to challenge you and to play full out? And I might get things wrong. And if I cross a line or we get something wrong, will you let me know so that I can repair it? And where I'm going with this is, I think the other dimension of, again, I don't remember how many months ago I sent you that email with that feedback, but something I'm practicing and trying to get out of is agonizing for hours trying to get the email right so that I don't elicit the wrong response from the other person. So I think there's also... There's that it's this both and of yes, I will take care, I will acknowledge, I will be, I will have gratitude. Thanks for asking for my feedback. I will be direct. I will send it and I will move on. Versus it's completely up to me to get this 100% right for the other person to not be angry or be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, that's where it's, uh, it's really on both ends, and yeah, of course we can try to uh, 
to avoid unnecessary pain, as you as you said before. Oh, we are not perfect. Oh, it's inevitable. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe well, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's like when you're you're doing uh, you're you're doing operations. You you know that yeah, there's an SLA for a reason, and uh, that means that uh, the service will fail, <laughs> or you deliver a software there will be bugs. That's not that will not be perfect. So you right. just have to deal with it. <laughs> that's, and, and to to deal with it when it happens, that's 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 your responsibility. Yeah, and I guess what comes to me again is the ego. And maybe I'm stroking my own ego here, so you, you can call me on it. I give you full permission. So in other words, when you tell me, oh, John, you made me really angry, uh, my, I, w- I, I was in a really good moment there. I just said, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. Versus, well, you just read it the wrong way or some kind of ego defensive response. Yeah, or, or, or even what I would, I would say that you're 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 responsible of your own own reaction, and, yes. uh, and that's uh, that's that's some somewhat already violent to think that way. That's uh, and uh, when you think it's on both ends, yes, of course you you have the wheel. You that's you are driving your 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 own self, and but you need to acknowledge it will not be it will not be perfect. And, uh, and that's okay, and that's that works the same way the other uh, for the other person, uh, and I think that makes that uh, really beautiful. And that's where I think we uh, we can really have a relationship, acknowledging that yeah, we are we are not perfect, but we can find a way to to make it work for both of us. And I think the key of the key to all of this is where we are coming from. Are you familiar with a book called The Anatomy of Peace? No. Tell me more. Oh, my God. The, the coach I'm currently working with, before we even started working together, we were having some different conversations about different things. And one of the things that I brought up with him that I thought was getting in the way of progress that I wanted to be making was, was, was judgment. Judgment of myself, judgment of others. He's like, oh, you should read this book. It's called The Anatomy of Peace. It's called The Anatomy of Peace, Resolving the Heart of Conflict. And it's by the Arbinger Institute. They also wrote another book called Leadership and Self-Deception. I have not read that book, but I have read this book almost twice. And it really blew up some of my thinking and really convicted me on a number of different levels. And incidentally, related to, if you go back a few years, some of the stuff that you and I were working together on at Red Hat, it helped me to see things in a completely different light and wishing, wow, I wish I'd had this book there because I would have come from a different place, or hopefully I could have come from a different place. This book sets up, it's a, it's one of those like story, it's like um, Patrick Lencioni, you know, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's, it's a book like that. So it's, it's easy reading, but it really, really drives home this idea of when you approach another person or another situation, are you coming from a heart at peace or a heart at war? And I know, (laughs) I'll fully own it. I used to come to some of these, you know, software release things from a place of war. Like, no, I have the right answer and this is what we need to do. And you just need to get on board or we're not going to release on time. And I'm totally owning now that like that place that I was coming from of like, we're at war. I have to win. We have to win. This is the only way to win. 
<laughs> did not help the situation at all. And what could have been different if I had coming from a heart and a like the person that was coming forth was coming from a place of peace and I'm at peace with myself and I want to be at peace with you and I want this project to be at peace and I want peace to reign here. So I'm, am I making sense? It's like where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that connects really nicely with the, that we don't lose mentality when you, when you create that. Yes, you're uh, at we war. Have to win. You're totally yeah. at war. Exactly. And so you instillate fear in the organization and, uh, and that will not work well because then, oh, we are working with us, our brain. That is not the right one. That's not the, we are not working with the human brain. We are, we are working with our reptilian brain and it's, it's, it will not work well. Yeah. And what's interesting is when you're at war with someone, someone has to be wrong. Yeah. There's a right and there's a wrong. There's a good, there's a bad. There's, and when you, when you neutralize all that, oh my gosh, so much more is possible. Yeah, so suddenly we, you don't need to polarize the, the situation anymore. Right. This is really cool. So I learned a lot from that uh, situation. I think I will continue to learn a lot. From, yeah, from no, who knew, it, who knew it had all these other jumping off points? And yeah, that's, that's interesting because, yeah, we, we were, the three of us are, are already in position to help others. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and to to really seek to understand first and really and anyway yeah, that was that was really fun that it happened to to me at that at that time that was that was that was really funny so I thought that was a really good example to work on and to learn from. Well, I really admire what you're up to too because in my own experience, the more self work that I do on me and getting clean and clear and getting rid of all this judgment and other stuff and owning my stuff. The more I do that, the better I show up, the better the work I do, the better my interactions. So I hear you doing the same thing. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And, and yeah, that, I think that's, that's why I, I really appreciate uh, working with you. Um, I think we, we, covered, we covered nicely uh, the, the, the topic I wanted to bring. I, I really appreciate your time on that and, uh, and your, your insights. I'm really happy that we, we had that conversation. I, I hope it will help others to uh, to reflect on themselves and to uh, to progress. Uh, is there a is there anything else you want to share with uh, with us uh, uh, before we close? No, I think I think that's a really great summary. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates. <laughs>